Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your number one weekly podcast talking about all of the magical shenanigans happening in Mystic Falls, Virginia, whether it be body swapping, blowing up vending machines, or hooking up Wi-Fi in a creepy basement. My name's Claire, I'm joined as always by my co-host Beth, and we are here to discuss The Last Dance. OMG, you guys, this was another dance decade episode. Oh yeah. So good. Yeah, last time it was the 50s, right? I think so. Yeah, Yeah, because Stefan was looking all straight edge, right? (laughs) (laughs) James Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And this time it's the 60s, so get ready for more Paisley and peace signs than you've ever seen in your life. Uh, But before we get there, we pick up where we left off last week with Alaric being possessed by the spirit of Klaus. Wow. I forgot this happened, so when <laughs> this popped up, I was like, oh, right, poor Alaric. Yeah. So he's in Alaric's apartment with uh, Catherine and Manwich, and last <laughs> week he said, Katharina, I have missed you. But immediately now he just talks like Alaric with no accent at yes. all. Yes. When I saw this, I was like, wait, are accents learned, or are they part of how you speak, like biologically or physiologically i mean i think they have to be learned they have to be learned but i just feel like it's so weird that he could lose it in like two seconds well he has been alive for a long ass time so he probably has like compelled dialect coaches or something (laughs) true but did you ever read that article about people who wake up with like the ability to speak a different language or oh, like, yeah, like have get struck by lightning thing. or something. <laughs> yeah. That's or all have a I brain tumor. Thinking. Yep, that's all I kept thinking about. Maybe Klaus does have a brain tumor and that's what'll make him relatable. <laughs> that's why he's so mean. <laughs> I would be mean if I had a brain tumor. Same. I'd be like, fuck the world. <laughs> right? I know. So yes, now Alaric Klaus is awake and he is going through Alaric's uh wardrobe and heavily disapproves of his fashion choices klaus is like down with the youth i was expecting him to be very buttoned up like elijah Mm -hmm. but he's like oh this sucks like what is this guy (laughs) doing like what's happening yeah elijah's like all serious all business but klaus seems like he really enjoys just being a a messy bitch who loves her drama (laughs) so true oh my god so that's exciting. Uh, we finally are getting to know a little bit about this dude who they've been hyping up all season. Yeah. Uh, he refers to Elijah as a buzzkill because uh, Catherine has been compelled to like spill all the deets on what's been happening. He's like, yeah, we got to keep that dagger in Elijah. Last thing I need is that buzzkill running around. <laughs> like, oh, my baby. Right. I know. Uh, but I felt bad for Catherine here, too, because he was compelling her, and she's like, listen, Klaus, I told you everything I know, so please just kill me now. And she asked him, like, multiple times. Yeah. And Catherine is all about surviving, like, at right. any cost. So if she is given up and is begging to be killed, you know shit's serious. Right. She's reached the end of her rope. Yeah, but he says that he's been chasing her for 500 years, and he's going to make her death last at least that long. Ugh. And then he compels her to stab herself. Yeah. He, like, gives her this little knife and is like, stab yourself in the leg until I get back. 
if you get bored, do the other leg. Oh my god. And she does, and they show it, and she's very bloody, and then it heals mm-hmm. very fast. Um, but it was pretty rough watching. Yeah, it was not pleasant. I got a pain in my leg when I watched it. I was like, oh. Do you know what else is not pleasant is Alaric's apartment. I feel like we've seen little bits of it from time to time. But... Oh, I thought they were at Manwich's apartment. Oh, but you're right. It is. Yeah, because all his clothes and shit are there. Oh so, my like, god, it is. <laughs> the weirdest part of it, I think, is that like there's what used to be a wall between the kitchen and the living room, and it's designed to look as though like a wrecking ball went through it, and there's like all these jagged, exposed edges of like rocks. That's <laughs> like, why is that I, a design choice? That's why I thought they were in Manwich's apartment. I'm like, shit has gone down here. He also has a totem pole. <laughs> He did. Which I'm pretty sure he bought for $199.99 at Home Goods. Are you sure it wasn't part of Isabel's research? <laughs> I mean, if it was, she bought it at Home Goods <laughs> to make herself look more anthropological. You know when shit has that Home Goods charm. Like, I can yeah. go into anyone's house and be like, Home Goods, Home Goods. I have many things from Home Goods oh, in my yeah, house, and it screams Home Goods. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school and college, my mom worked a second job at Home Goods because we were broke. And so we would always go and see the ridiculous things they sold there. So they're, you know, they would always have like a suit of armor that you could buy (laughs) if you were a frat boy or something. And Uh for a while they had this like life-size sarcophagus (laughs) that they were charging like a shitload of money for. What? Wait, what is a sarcophagus? Like an Egyptian coffin. Oh, shit. Girl, you're so smart. Thanks for being my friend. (laughs) Oh, I I only know it because of Isabel's research, probably. (laughs) You learned it at Duke. Yep. <laughs> Vanessa taught me. Where is she anyway? We don't know. So anyway, enough about home goods. <laughs> Please sponsor us. Yeah, sponsor us home goods. Bing has let us down. Uh, well, we have a new sponsorship opportunity oh coming up later in this episode. We sure do. Uh, anyway. So, yeah. So Catherine's sitting there stabbing herself in all in... Not Alaric. Alaric Klaus. Not Elena. Alaric Klaus is like, all right, see you later. I'm off to find my doppelganger. Yeah. And after he forces her to tell him what she doesn't know, which is where, like, the witch burial ground was, because she knows they were trying to get Bonnie all that power. So that secret has now been spilled. First of many. And then uh, after the title card, we go to the Salvatores, where some, like, middle-aged notary public is there having Elena sign like it was literally the, the monopoly papers. man he like had a monocle his name is Mr. Henry of course it is Jesus I'm like is he compelled I feel like he must be because Elena and Bonnie are like having this conversation while he's just holding the papers out for her to sign he has no lines uh and Elena's like yeah well once I sign this uh I only I get to invite certain kinds of people in and like if if she was saying it to anybody other than Bonnie I would just assume she meant black people (laughs) yeah I got that vibe too but I wasn't sure if I was reading too much into it it was weird he makes no comment because he wasn't getting paid as a speaking role right (laughs) um so yeah she now officially owns the house and Stefan and Damon are waiting outside while this happens because I guess the magic would probably fuck with them if they were in when the transfer went down. Right. And so Elena has to decide to invite them in. 
And of course she invites Stefan in right away. She's like, hello, Mr. Stefan Salvatore. Please come into my house. And it's all cute and sexy. Mm -hmm. And then David is standing there like, what are we, 12? (laughs) She's like, you got to promise that I am the boss and you're going to do whatever I tell you. And he argues a little bit, but then he's like, fine. Like, how stupid would you have to be to believe him right now? I know. Like, obviously, Damon is not going to let you make the rules. He's Damon. That's his whole thing. Yeah. And, like, (laughs) this whole scene was funny because she lets Damon in eventually. She's like, come on in, Damon. And then she's like, all right, thanks for the house. Going to school now. (laughs) And the whole premise of her getting the house is so she's protected from people on the outside, namely Klaus. So she gets this fucking free house that's, (laughs) even in the South, that shit's got to be worth at least 1.5 mil. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. So she's like, BRB, going to school. (laughs) And Stefan's like, uh, this is why we got you the safe house. I'm like, okay, this was half Stefan's plan for his own imprisonment of Elena. Yeah. And half protecting her from Klaus. Yeah. He's like, excuse me. (laughs) School? (laughs) I mean, it is weird that Elena wants to go to school. school. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Elena got a free house and now she wants to go to high school. All right. That's the right order of things. So Damon's like, what the fuck? And Stefan's like, uh, I guess I'm going to school too. Yeah. (laughs) And he runs off after them. I'm like, how compelled is any staff that works there to overlook all of their absences? (laughs) They're only staff member is Alaric as proven by the dance (laughs) that is true (laughs) so yeah school school is happening but before we go to school uh we have a quick check-in over at the forbes residence Mm -hmm. aka caroline's house so matt just like lets himself in and sheriff forbes is like matt matt what are you doing here and he's like listen sheriff forbes i'm so scared of caroline i don't know what to do now and Sheriff Forbes gives him some sage advice. Pretty much she's like, listen, Matt, you have to pretend like everything's normal and you have to just take my daughter to the dance. And he's like, but but what? She's like, take her to the dance. Yeah, and she gets like, sassy with him. Yeah, <laughs> she does. Yeah, But she's also like, she's my baby. I just need to know more. And she also is like recapping all the new facts she knows. Uh, we're going to have a, a little clip of this on our Instagram because it was hilarious. She's like, yes. if what Caroline told you is true, she's not the only vampire. The Salvatores are vampires. The Gilberts are in on it. And Tyler Lockwood is God knows what. <laughs> and Matt just very nonchalantly says, a werewolf. <laughs> like, he's not bothered that Tyler is a werewolf because, no. you know, he's a dude. Whatever. Men can be werewolves. But his lady is a vampire, and that just ain't right. I know. So fucked up. Yeah. So it seems like Sheriff Forbes' plan right now is just to force Matt to pretend everything's fine and continue doing recon until she decides, like, how much she needs to murder her daughter. Like, I don't really know what her long-term plan is. That's why I think I'm having so much trouble, like, understanding this storyline, because it literally makes no fucking sense. Like, your kid is a vampire. Like, stop making her boyfriend report to you. Like, you fucking know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Sheriff Forbes is the worst. I mean, the generous interpretation of this is that she doesn't want to have to kill her daughter, so she's stalling. 
I guess. She's also just completely incompetent. <laughs> I mean, we, we've seen two seasons of this, yeah. Yeah, so that's fun. Uh, Matt heads off to school to go and pretend that he isn't horrified by his girlfriend. And we see a bunch of the kids sitting in class and Alar Klaus <laughs> waltzes in and he's like, oh, hello, everyone. What are we studying this week? And then some teacher's pet is like, oh, Mr. Saltzman, remember we were talking about the 60s because of the decade dance coming up? And he's like, ah, yeah, the 60s, a great time. We walked on the moon. There was the Cuban Missile Crisis. The Beatles. The Beatles made it bearable. Watergate. And then fucking out of nowhere, Elena's like, Watergate was the 70s, Rick. She, she like, you know the meme of Meryl Streep yeah. shouting? Like, that is what Elena did to Alaric while he was teaching. But the way that she said it to him was also, like, really <laughs> flirty. Yeah. Like, she has this wry look on her face, like, they've shared intimacy. <laughs> I know. And everybody, like, in the classroom turns to look at her, like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm glad somebody has noticed that this is an inappropriate teacher-student relationship. I feel relationship. like even Stefan was like, damn. And she's like, oh, I'm, I mean, Mr. Saltzman. <laughs> so my favorite part of the scene was actually, like, right before Alaric comes in, Elena just has this giant flyer from the Decade Dance, and she, like, shows it to Stefan and is like, Hmm? And he looks all like, no. And then she turns around and shows it to Bonnie, and they, like, make eyes at each other and, like, yeah. Decade dance. I missed that part. That's amazing. (laughs) And I just don't understand why she has this, like, pretty much full-size poster that she's just (laughs) holding up at her desk. (laughs) It's a great prop. I guess so. Uh, Something that seriously bothered me in this scene is that Alara Klaus writes on the chalkboard the 60s and he puts a fucking apostrophe before the S like a noob. Oh my god. Misplaced apostrophes and quotes are my pet peeve. Yeah. Klaus has been alive for longer than God. He should know better. Unless... Maybe he just, like, really isn't humiliating Alaric while this is happening just for fun. But oh, my God. I was horrified. Thank you for making that observation. It has made my whole week. <laughs> so, yeah. School is fun. We've missed school. We have. So many good things happening. Speaking of good things, outside of the school... Everyone's just fucking painting a VW van, like the bug van. Yeah. What? Where'd they get one? How much did it cost? And they're painting it like the fucking mystery machine. <laughs> they are. It's so weird. It's like, this school cannot have a budget to buy a vintage car for a dance. I don't even know. Maybe they have it at, like, the historical society. <laughs> but then they just paint it for the dance. And it's literally later just a prop in the, uh, in the like, gym. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. Also, everybody's interpretation of the 60s in this episode is basically (laughs) Scooby-Doo. It's true. You made a rhyme. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Edit it out. (laughs) So I think it's at this point that Jeremy, like, accosts Bonnie in the hallway to be like, are you sure you want to do this? You're not strong enough. You can't use all that power. Uh." 
Yeah, I think the direct quote is, you can't harness the power of a hundred witches. It will kill you. Shut, Shut up, up, Jeremy. Fuck you, Jeremy. Fuck you. He's wearing what seems like a champion, like, athletic zip-up oh in this scene. God. I'm like, are you going to hit the gym later, Jeremy? I don't buy it. Yeah. He's trying to have this new persona, but he's definitely not going to hit he's, the weights. He's too emo to dress like a jock. I mean, it is black. <laughs> so he's just ragging on Bonnie, like, this whole time. Like, you can't do it. And, like, yeah, he doesn't want her to die. But he also is just being such a Jeremy about it that I'm just like, fuck you. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I've never been in this situation. <laughs> really? But I feel like you can only say it so many times before you're just like, man, shut up. Yeah, it's like, in this situation, you have two choices after you've like made the argument already except that your significant other is going to make this choice that you strongly disagree with and part ways because it's clearly not going to work out right or just you know support them go along with them and try to help them but jeremy will not do either of those things because he wants to be in charge and he wants to control bonnie like I'm thinking about if Mike was like, I'm going to kill myself for my best friend. <laughs> I would not take it well. No. But I would take it so unwell that I, like, wouldn't be going to school. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Jeremy can't do both. He can't, like, yeah. go to school and be like, hey, what up, everyone? We're in my champion zip up. And also be like, Bonnie, you can't harness the power of 100 witches. Like, it just, you can't do both. Either you're, like, in a state of depression, you can't leave your house. Or you're just, like, you let it go. Ugh. Yeah. This is definitely an irreconcilable difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's really irritating. Um, I think if something hilarious happens in a minute, Elena comes up, <laughs> so they have to stop talking about it because she doesn't know. Right. And <laughs> Elena's like, hey, so I hope it's okay uh, you staying at the house with Uncle John. Because <laughs> Elena's living at the Salvatores now, and I, for- I had totally forgotten that Uncle John is still hanging around and we didn't have to see him this week thank god so it's just jeremy and uncle john gilbert living in a house together which sounds like the bad place yeah totally the bad place yeah and so <laughs> there's just a throwaway line here like oh jeremy have you heard from Anjana? <laughs> our guardian <laughs> and he's like uh i think she's still staying on campus and it's like she has so completely abandoned these children that she's not even in touch as to like where she is i know also that's not how campus housing works no. how many times can we say it <laughs> oh my god so aunt jenna like i understand that it's a shitty situation and that she needs some answers but she also has some legal obligations so true and not to like be what about jeremy about it but for all she knows jeremy doesn't know shit about any of this and she's just like peace out i'm mad at your sister so i'm abandoning you i know it's very weird i mean i feel bad for Aunt jenna in the situation she was put in she was just smoking weed at school you know yeah and then all of a sudden she's a parent but i mean you're a parent you got responsibility you don't just go to off-campus housing whatever you want uh apparently you do <laughs> Now that everyone has attended one class and stood in the hallway for two hours, it's lunchtime. Um, 
So Elena and Bonnie are sitting down having a nice lunch, and this person that we've never seen before comes up to Elena out of nowhere. I think she's the brown noser who was like, Mr. Saltzman, we're talking about the 60s because of the decade dance. Like, she's all over this episode, but I don't think we ever see her again. Yeah, she really was all up in her grill. And she looks like she's 35. She must have been, like, related to somebody, (laughs) like a producer or something, to get this plum roll. Totes. I agree. So she's like, hey, Elena, how's it going? Just so you know, some really hot guy just came up to me and he asked me if you were going to the dance. I think she says something like that. And Elena's like, um, and Bonnie's like, she has a boyfriend. (laughs) And Brown Noser was like, oh, but he's like really, really hot. He wants you to save the last dance for him. Isn't that so sweet? Yeah. And Elena's like, who is it? And she's like, oh, it's Klaus. (gasps) oh my god klaus is compelling random schoolgirls to threaten elena yep things are escalating i just also like to think of alar klaus cornering the student being like listen you gotta really play up how hot i am like i'm the sexiest piece on earth (laughs) one thing that emerges throughout this episode is that klaus is very into himself yes absolutely and this is our first indication it makes me wonder like is klaus secretly like turned vampire at like 70 and he's stuck in a 70 year old's body since he's the first one and that's why he keeps impersonating hot people like Warwick. <laughs> theories hey so yeah they're like fuck oh is he still here where is he and compelled girls like uh i don't know yeah, save the last confused. dance girl yeah that was sad i want to watch that movie so now everybody's like fuck klaus is here and he's toying with us they all meet back at the salvatores and they're going over the plan about bonnie using all of her power and i think damon says some bullshit like how do we know you even have enough power what if i and he starts to like zoom over to her and she just throws him against the wall all the way across the room that was awesome we're like all right that sounds good and then Alaric just kind of strolls in the front door all casually because apparently since he's in a human body he doesn't need to be invited which seems dubious is is that oh i i guess that's true or maybe it's an originals thing i don't really remember i think that it must be a human thing because oh yeah because elijah had to be invited into the gilbert house yeah, but he's impersonating Alaric's body, so he's still himself. It was very weird, but yeah. I'll take it, whatever. He can get in, is the moral of the story. <laughs> yes. So he's now like pretending to be himself and listening to the plan, and basically they just drop all of the information <laughs> about Bonnie having all the power directly in front of Klaus. Right. It's like, this is the one secret that they had, and now it is gone. Way to go, team. I forget who says it, but somebody's like, this witch is all juiced up and ready to kill. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my god. And they say it like five times in the scene, like, I can kill him. I know I can kill Klaus. Elena, I've got this. And it just keeps on showing Alar Klaus looking like, what? And like, he's not at any point in this episode doing a very good job of pretending to be Alaric. No, I was like impressed because he was acting so different than Alaric. Like, yeah, and nobody noticed. No. They're all wrapped up in their own bullshit, selfish teenagers and whatnot. Yeah, that's true. So then Alar Klaus 
now that he knows all of this great information, he goes back to Alaric's weird-ass apartment where Catherine is still there, and so is Manwich, a.k.a. Alex. Oh, did they say his name? I didn't notice. <laughs> they did, finally. <laughs> I'm still going to call him Manwich. <laughs> I'm in. So, yeah, Manwich is listening to Alar class's recap of his information. He's like, no witch could really control that amount of power. Like, even me, it would kill anybody who tried to use it. And Alar Claus is like, sweet. And he is looking around for an outfit to wear to the decade dance. Right. He pulls open this drawer that seems like it's full of like weirdly shiny like silk shirts or something. (laughs) But he senses that there's a fake panel in there and he lifts it up and it's like all of Alaric's weapons are in there. Yeah. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, didn't you do your research? Didn't Catherine just tell you literally everything about everybody? But Catherine's like, he's the local vampire hunter, Didoy. Yep. And he's just, like, drinking a lot, too. He's, like, looking for the <laughs> finest whiskey that Alaric has to oh, be yeah. to drink. Oh, yeah. which is like, this is all I could find. The man likes his bourbon. <laughs> he sure does. He usually drinks it alone at the Mystic Grill. But <laughs> oh I'm glad God. that he has a home stash as well. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> and then I, I think we go from there to the Forbes's where Caroline is dressed as Jackie O, of course. She looks so good. Yeah. I love this costume on her. I mean, Caroline Jackie O never wore a skirt that short, but no, definitely she's got not. the pillbox hat and the pearls, and, and she looks pink. good. And it's such a Caroline thing. Like, she would never be Marilyn. She would, of course, be a Jackie, even though she's blonde. Yeah, it, it was perfect for her. Yeah. And Sheriff Forbes comes home and Caroline's like, oh, you almost missed me. Do you like my outfit? And Sheriff Forbes is like experiencing a lot of emotions right around now. She's like, you look beautiful. But she's also looking scared out of her mind. Yeah. And it's so sad because Caroline is like, mom, mom, like what's wrong? And she's like, oh, you know, it was just a stressful day at work. <laughs> I actually Caroline, was doing something. Caroline is like, you work too much. And then Claire said, uh, she literally never works. Yeah, that seems like a false statement. But She's, it's sweet. Like, Caroline's being really nice to her, her mom, which she never really was before she became a vampire. So it's mm-hmm. like, you should appreciate this improvement in your relationship with your daughter. I know. I forget if it's right here. I think it is. At some point in the episode, Caroline, like, takes a step towards her mom, and her mom kind of, like, shrinks back in fear. Oh. oh it's so sad. Oh, Caroline. Oh Can she ever catch a break? No, the poor girl can't. I just want to, like, find Caroline and give her all of the hugs yes. and, like, the support. hmm <sighs> And then Matt turns up. Right. And he is, I think, supposed to be dressed as JFK. He is, because he has a campaign button. That's yeah. the only... It's like he's wearing a suit with a JFK button on it. Yeah, might as well just have, like, a hello, my name is sticker. <laughs> right. Speaking he... of which, I noticed in this episode, because Sheriff Forbes is, again, always in her uniform, uh-huh. that on her, like, lapels or, like, the collar of her button-up shirt, there's a little, like, gold pin that says Sheriff. <laughs> Like, is that a thing? Oh my god, I never noticed that. Is that like standard issue sheriff gear, or is it just like her personal fashion (laughs) choice? I feel like she special ordered it from Stefan's Etsy shop. She's like, Ooh, maybe it's Ravained. If you can please have it say sheriff, that would be perfect. Like, why isn't it diamond encrusted? (laughs) 
like Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski hosting the ice skating. Oh yeah, with their microphones. Yes. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> oh man. So yes, very heart wrenching scene. Matt, it like also kind of recoils from Caroline when she tries to kiss him. Yeah. Even though they kissed at school this morning, he apparently is like repressing vomit at all times. So he kind of plays it off like he doesn't want to kiss in front of her mom. And she's just like, oh, Matt, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, it was sad because it was like the one-two punch with her mom recoiling and then Matt dodging her kiss. But she's like so happy about life right now because she's with Matt that she doesn't even really pick up on it. I know, she's so happy because like Caroline, I mean, I assume that she helped plan this dance because she looked like she was in charge when everyone was painting the oh, fucking yeah. bus. So, like, she's in charge of an event. Matt is there. She has a great costume. Like, this is Caroline's, like, dream. Yeah. yeah. She's in her element. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so then I think we go back to the Salvatores where Elena is rummaging through boxes of, like, historical Salvatores clothes. <laughs> and, like, hmm, the Salvatores of yours sure seem to own a lot of Leg Avenue merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> like the white go-go boots she ends up wearing later. Right. And she holds up a couple of dresses and says, Twiggy or sexy hippie? And every time I watch this episode, I'm so mad that she doesn't choose Twiggy because that would be so cute. It would. She goes with a sexy hippie. It literally looks like the Halloween costume that you buy um, with like the white boot covers. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? I yeah. mean, she still looks adorable. Well, but- yeah. I just think it's the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. The Twiggy dress is cute. She would have stood out from the crowd. Come on, Elena. I should be her stylist. You should. <laughs> you should be the show's consultant. It's too late to live my dreams. Oh, God. Ain't that how it crumbles? <laughs> what am I talking about? Ain't that how it crumbles? <laughs> the Beth Kozlaska story. Why'd I say that? Why not? <laughs> I don't know. So... Stefan and Elena have this conversation about how tonight's the night that they're going to kill Klaus. And Elena, of course, is always as skeptical about everything that could possibly like make her not have to die. Mm-hmm. But she's going to go along with it. She doesn't know about Bonnie possibly dying from magic. So she's like, all right, fine, let's do this. Yeah, and like she seems to be getting like a tiny bit concerned or nervous because at the beginning of this of this scene I was like Claire why isn't she nervous she's about to like go into her potential death if Stefan can't protect her and then she kind of starts like sharing her feelings like oh this is kind of crazy yeah we're like just walking into a place that we know where class is but she also does have a death wish so she's not as nervous as she should be right so true and then I think we finally get to go to the decade dance itself. Yes, and this dance is like off the chain. It's hopping. So we have like a bunch of overhead shots of like the whole gym where everybody's dancing. Everyone is in costume. It's like everybody at the whole school went. When I was in high school, it was like maybe a quarter of the people in our school <laughs> went to the dance, and it was like all me and my nerd friends who planned them and went to this. So it was like, <laughs> you know, it was like 50 people at the whole thing instead of like the 300 that are like dancing in the gym it looked hopping yeah everybody was there and they went all out with their outfits they did there's the vw uh, van which has like screens in the windows that are playing something there's like a jumbo screen projecting weird shit and there's all these modern covers of 60s songs which i feel like was the same with the 50s decade dance right yeah like skate punk versions of 
50s classics. Uh, so yeah, everybody is having the time of their lives, especially Alar Klaus. Oh my god. He came in and he was having a good time. Now he, he was at the, the party, party having a great time. <laughs> yes. And he like dances weirdly across the room and it just reminded me of like the clip of Army Hammer dancing and Call Me By Your Name that everybody made fun of so much <laughs> that he quit Twitter. I didn't know he quit Twitter over it. Well, I think, no, I think he was embarrassed about that, but he eventually quit Twitter because Bud, BuzzFeed ran an article about, like, why do, does Hollywood keep giving Army Hammer a chance? He sucks. Oh, my God. It was like a history hard. of Army Hammer sucking. Wow. But anyway. Was it the scene when they were in, like, on their vacation or whatever? Outside where he's dancing? Yeah, it's like a yeah. party outside, and uh-huh. he's just, like, this tall awkward white man dancing awkwardly oh yes i know exactly what you're talking about Sticking i don't like think a it was that thing. bad but i've seen a lot of white men who can't dance so yeah yeah well the weird thing about it is that he's supposed to be really sexy and alluring in that scene but he just looks like somebody's dad <laughs> he does and like i feel like not that this is a call me by your name podcast but i had a similar feeling and i thought that that scene made him look older than he was which yeah. made the relationship seem weirder yeah the casting was interesting like mm-hmm. i don't think army hammer's a very good actor but i thought he was fine in the role yeah but i think he is older than the character is supposed to be and right. that he often came across that way mm-hmm. and so the age difference really wasn't that bad no i think it was 17 and 24 or something yeah right, in or, the book. yeah something like that but Army Hammer, how old is he? He's got to be in his 30s. He looks 30. That's what the yeah. thing is. So anyway, I loved yeah. that movie. Me too. I, I like pushed aside any thoughts of age inappropriateness because I knew it would ruin the movie for me. Sorry, I'm not trying to bring it there, but <laughs> that scene reminded me. I love the movie too. It was a fantastic story and it was a great movie. And that wasn't the point of the movie, the age difference at all. Timothy Fancy Name should win an Oscar just for fucking a peach. That was such... A good scene. I'm sorry. It really was. It was weird, but it was good, you know? It's like he committed to that 100%. And that's like, if somebody told me that they would pay me like a million dollars to film that scene, I'd be like, um, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I'd have to think about it because I don't know what it's like to have a dick. And I feel like it's kind of different. That would be the least awkward part of filming the scene for me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Where are we? What day is it? This is What's the happening? Call Me By Your Name Diaries. <laughs> yes. This is the sub-podcast. It's like, remember when you, you're talking me too? Or what's, what's the podcast that Adam Scott did? I don't know. You. It was the U2 fan podcast. It was like, oh you talking you too to me or something. Oh and they God. had all the mini sub-podcasts within the podcast. This is How did I not like know that. about this? Oh my god, it's so good. You have to listen to it. Anyway. It's you talking you two to me. That's what it's called. Wow. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) So yeah, that should win the Oscar. But moving on, uh, the dance. Alar Klaus is dancing like a fool. Um, He's not at all concerned that any of the kids will see him and be like, why are you so jovial when Klaus is afoot? Uh, (laughs) And he goes up to this group of kids, including, I think, the brown-nosing girl, and her friend Chad. <laughs> Was his name really Chad? Yeah. Good lord. Because our class is like, who's your friend? And he's like, Mr. Saltzman, it's Chad from third period. Oh. 
And he's like, how would you like to earn some extra credit? I'd be like, fuck off. I'm at a dance. So bizarre. I have a flask. I'm trying to get secretly drunk. (laughs) Everybody keeps referring to getting a drink at this dance. And I'm like, yeah, somebody hopefully spike the punch. Yeah, that's the only way that they can really get through all of this drama. I know. So Alaric's, like, making all of these weird faces as Mm -hmm. he's, like, talking to the kids and dancing through the crowd. And then we go to a series of mini scenes with people dancing with each other, which I thought was really awesome. Like, I really loved this whole time at the dance. Yeah, like... Everybody, like, the Salvatores dance with everybody, mm-hmm. but always just to have secret conversations. Yeah. Um, I do think we have to start off with a sad pairing of Bonnie and Jeremy. Oh, right. That happens first. Because mm-hmm. Jeremy's like, once again, Bonnie, you can't do this. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know I don't have the best luck in the girlfriend department. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like, I can't take another one of my girlfriends dying. It's a fair position. But maybe then, like, don't date anybody in Mystic Balls. (laughs) Maybe just leave town. (laughs) Uh, And he tries to give her his ring. But she's like, no, that only works on normals uh, like you. (laughs) I'm magical, so it won't work on me. And Jeremy's like, I'm just so worried that you're going to die because you're so weak. And Bonnie's like, listen, just because a bunch of dead wishes, witches told me I would die doesn't mean I will. And Claire and I were both like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I would probably trust 100 dead witches. They probably know what they're talking about. I trust two dead witches. <laughs> but Bonnie is just determined. And she's like sort of trying to placate Jeremy, I think. I think she knows that she will die. Yeah. But is just trying to get him off her back. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm strong enough. Yeah. And then they all go into the dance. Yes. And I noticed that Bonnie and Elena are basically wearing the same outfit oh, in different yeah. colors. So they both have this like crazy pattern dress with bell sleeves, like in a mini skirt, and then a low slung belt around their hips and peace sign jewelry. Yep. And I thought that was cute that they coordinated. It although, was so cute. Although I don't know if it was on purpose if she got that from the Salvatore attic. <laughs> I, like, wanted that outfit. Both of them. I liked Bonnie's dress better. Yeah, I think think. it was blue. Uh, Elena's was purple, and uh, Bonnie's was, like, orange. Oh, okay, yeah. And Bonnie's boots are also, like, red instead of the tacky white boots. (laughs) Yeah. Elena's earrings are gigantic peace sign hearts. (laughs) And they're so purple. And they're very prominent in every shot of her because they're, like, half the size of her face. (laughs) Yeah, you see them a lot. Yeah. So yes, they are at the dance and Ms. Brownnoser goes up to the microphone and is like, thanks for coming, everybody. I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yes, I know. It's like, are you in never charge? seen this girl before. Caroline should be doing the shout out. Yeah. Boo, get down. And she's like, we have a special dedication. This one goes out to Elena from Klaus. And everybody looks like they just now heard Klaus was in town. I was like, you all know that he's at the dance tonight. Like, that's the whole reason you're here. Yeah. Why are you surprised? And they're, like, standing in a tense group, like, in the middle of the dance floor. It's an interesting scene. And Elena, they're, like, looking around to see who Klaus or where Klaus is. And Elena's like, I know everybody here. There's, like, 200 people. It's full of people. And yeah. 
I did not know everybody at my high school. No. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like if it was everybody in my office in a room together, I would not know if one of them was a stranger and I'm there every day. Yeah. So that seemed not very plausible to me, especially since Elena talks to like four people at the school ever. Also, girl is like five foot two, it seems like, so she can't even see everyone. Maybe when five five that. in those boots. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're like, fuck, where's, where's Klaus? And... Uh, Damon spots Alaric on the other side of the room. He's like, oh, I'm going to go check in with him. And <laughs> Alaric is like, oh, a special dedication. That guy sure is twisted. Like, all proud of himself. And Damon's just like, I'm not impressed. <laughs> yeah. And that hurts. Alaric Klaus is very sad that he did not intimidate everybody as much as he wanted. Totally. So we see that Matt and Caroline have arrived to the dance separately and Matt is dancing with Caroline and she like goes in to get close to him and he makes like this horrible scared face yeah he like looks like her face suddenly turned into a bucket of shit yeah and Caroline's like what's wrong and then he says something like oh I just want to kiss you or something or he says you look really pretty yes that's what it's like yes that's what that facial expression conveyed (laughs) I know uh so Stefan and Elena have been dancing, and Stefan and Elena's like, "Shit, uh, Caroline doesn't know what's going on. We gotta tell her." And so <laughs> Stefan just spit, like, literally spins Elena into Damon's arms and goes off to interrupt the dance. I loved it. I'm sorry. And we have to play a sound clip here because then Elena and Damon are dancing, and Elena's, you know, worried and nervous and. We have to play the soundbite because it's really funny of Damon's response. Come on, remember the last decade dance? The vampires were all, ah, and you were all, ah! Right, then. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's what we sound like on this podcast every week. Oh my god. Maybe why I liked it so much. It's actual footage. Oh my god, we got incepted or something. <laughs> so yes, uh, Damon's trying to play it cool, and Stefan swoops over to Matt and Caroline is like, hey, can I cut in? And normally Matt would be like, uh, what the fuck? So Caroline really should know something's up when he's like, oh yeah, fine, I'll just go get us some drinks. Right, I know. So that was odd, but uh, Stefan fills Caroline in on what's happening. And then I guess Damon just abandons Elena because next we see he is uh, going out to Bonnie and stealing her from Jeremy. Yeah, and he like wants to catch up with her real quick because he's like, listen, Bonnie, are you really willing to lay it all out for Elena? And Bonnie says, yeah. And Damon's like, well, there's a 50-50 chance that you're going to die. And she's like, listen, I'm ready to do it. So what I don't know is... Who told Damon that Bonnie's going to die, or did he already know? Uh, I think they said that he overheard her and Jeremy talking about it one of the 5,000 times. Oh, okay. I got you. But also in this scene, Damon's like, so is there any like way we can improve those odds? She's oh, like, yeah. oh, it's almost like you care what happens to me. And I'm like, I think he does. I think he does. It's been a long time since he, like, I forget. What did he do to Bonnie? 
I don't know. He did. So he was much always trying to like steal the very important crystal from her, and <laughs> oh, yes. just being an asshole. Like they had a very contentious relationship in season mm-hmm. one, and also she was always coming down really hard on him for like murdering people. Oh, understandably, right. yeah. But at least in this season, he's always been like fine with her. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he cares, but he also like doesn't care enough to tell her not to do it. <laughs> so there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy, I forget what Jeremy does at this point, because all I wrote down was that he's wearing this weird paisley shirt. <laughs> I also <laughs> mentioned the shirt. Um, his outfit is really weird. He's wearing this, like, shirt with tiny bell sleeves that's paisley and also, like, an but it's open like a vest. Very, it's, like, gray on white paisley, so you can barely tell unless it's in a close-up. Because, mm-hmm. of course, he's too cool to really go all out. Yeah, and, like, he talks briefly with Elena about something at the dance. I feel like it's really minor, and then he just storms off, and he leaves the dance, and he goes home, and we see that he's home, and Stefan just, like, barges in, so he must have followed him, and he's like, listen, like, what are you doing here? I thought the plan was that we would all stick together. I think he was just out in the hallway for this. Oh, really? I don't think he went home. Oh, I thought he went home. I don't know. No, you're probably right. So, yeah, Jeremy's pissed off. He, like, maybe talked to Elena briefly about something, but he's not allowed to t- tell anybody the death secrets. Uh, but Stefan follows him out into the hallway and is like, what the fuck? I thought we were all going to stick together. And so Jeremy just lays it all out. He's like, listen, if Bonnie uses all that power, she's going to die. But if she doesn't, then Elena might die. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And I actually sympathize with Jeremy in this moment. Like, that sucks. I did too, yeah. And he seems very sad. And he he's does. not talking to Bonnie, so he doesn't say anything super douchey and patronizing. So it's easier to not hate him in this moment. Totally. I, I actually felt bad for him in this episode, which is an emotion I've never felt before and had to come to terms with. Yeah. I mean, I still hate him, but oh yeah, it's not a good situation. No. And now Stefan knows, so shit just gets wild from here. Yeah, it really escalates because Stefan cannot... Well, no, I was going to say Stefan cannot keep anything from Elena, but he keeps everything from Elena. But today he decides to be honest and he immediately goes to Elena and tells her. Because I feel like he had an advantage in this situation of telling Elena because it made him seem good that he Mm. told Elena that her friend was going to sacrifice herself for her like it makes him seem better in elena's eyes i feel like that's when he wants to share information i guess i don't know either way he does and Mm -hmm. elena immediately storms over to bonnie and is like what the fuck and they have like a really nice but sad moment here because bonnie is like wait is this when it happens when bonnie's like would you do the same for me? Yeah, like, they take it outside for a minute, and, like, like, how could you do this? I can't let you, you can't die for me, like, we'll find another way. And Bonnie's like, listen, I can kill him, and if I can do it, I'm going to do it, and you would do the same thing for me. And she's like, yeah. And they're both very teary. I feel like my beef against Bonnie is gone in this moment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm into Bonnie this episode. Totally. Her hair is curly, though. Yeah, well, she has, like, a bumpet yeah. in her hair. Like, there are a lot of bumpets at this dance. Oh, yeah. So she has, like, that in the back and then kind of curls coming down. Mm-hmm. It's cute. 
And then things really escalate. So after we see Bonnie and Elena have this tender moment, we see Jeremy walk back into the school or just He's into still just wandering around like, I'm so sad. And a bunch of hoodlums just attack him. It's led by like, Chad. Yes, led by Chad. Oh, yeah, because Alar Klaus had compelled him to probably attack Jeremy. They're getting extra credit for this. <laughs> totally. They're going to ace history. If they live. (laughs) I know. So Jeremy's like just getting the shit beat out of him like so fast. Um, Which was fun. It was. But then luckily I think Stefan and Damon walk in. Yeah. And they're like, what's the problem here? And one of them just like whips out a crossbow, which probably is from Alaric's apartment. Yeah. (laughs) And shoots Damon in the shoulder. And they're like, fuck. So Stefan zooms around and disarms some of them. And Damon's about to murder one of them. But... Stefan's like, no, he's compelled. Don't do that. So he throws him up against the locker and then runs off to, I guess, get Bonnie. So then um, Alaric runs into the gym where Bonnie and Elena are back. He's like, guys, Klaus has Jeremy. Come on. And they're like, Jeremy, no. So they run off with him and they're like going down the hallway and Bonnie has a bad feeling about this. She's like, something's not right. What's going on? And it gives Alar Klaus the chance to reveal himself and give a good villain monologue. Oh, yeah. This is great. So Bonnie and Elena are alone with Alar Klaus, and he just starts, like, spewing off a whole bunch of shit. And Elena can tell that there's something up. She's yeah. like, Alaric, are you on Vervain? And he's like, why would you ask me that? Yeah. And he also gives this whole diatribe against the 60s again. He really, really hates the 60s. Like, oh, yeah. the 1920s were the shit, and we should celebrate that. Blah, 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 blah. The parties. The jazz. Oh, yes. The jazz. <laughs> I hate Klaus just for saying the jazz. Of the 20s. And like, is he Ryan Gosling in La La Land? Did he save jazz? <laughs> oh, my God. We're talking all the best pictures this week. This is an Oscar-themed episode. (laughs) It is. So finally, Elena figures out that he's Klaus. And he's like, surprise! I think he literally says surprise. He says, I'll give you a hint. I'm not Alaric. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And then then she says, Klaus? And he says, surprise. (laughs) Surprise, bitch. You thought you'd seen the last of me? Yeah. So then Bonnie immediately, like throws him into a trophy case like 50 yards away it was so far away it had to be at least two full seconds of screen time of him just like traveling through the hallway to the trophy case i'm like what is in that trophy case like their football coach got murdered at the beginning of the season (laughs) like i don't think they've won anything well if you're like my high school you have every trophy you've ever received since 1970 on display i guess that's true maybe (laughs) There was a time that people weren't constantly getting murdered in the sick balls. Um, so then we go back into the gym, and I forget who exactly is telling who what. Or some, I think Bonnie chases down Damon at some point and says, Klaus is in Alaric's body. Yes, and then Damon is immediately says to Elena, go find Stefan. Because they had escaped after she threw Klaus into the trophy mm-hmm. case. Yeah, they ran away. Yeah, so... Now, I, oh sorry, go oh, ahead. I just wanted to say somebody said Klaus is in Alaric's body, and Damon was like, "I'm the only one who's supposed to be in Alaric's body." <laughs> right? They had a pact. Yes. So he's jolly about that, and so 
Damon and Bonnie then have this conversation like Klaus knows now about your power like what are we gonna do are you still willing to do what it takes and Bonnie's like yeah so they're gonna put things into motion but first I think we have to visit Matt and Caroline for a second yes so I think that Elena runs back into the dance because she's mm-hmm. looking for Stefan because Damon told right. her to. Yeah. And she runs into Caroline and she's... Elena looks shook, as the kids would say. Indeed. And Caroline is like, what's wrong, Elena? And Elena's like, oh, nothing. Stay with Matt. And then she <laughs> sees Stefan across the dance floor and runs over to him. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd they keep Caroline out of this? I feel like they wanted her to protect Matt. Okay, yeah. Because he's the only other one in the school that they care about. Yeah, I was thinking it was something like that, but I wanted your opinion. Makes sense. And so Matt's like, what the fuck was that all about? (laughs) Caroline says, like, oh, you know, same old drama. (laughs) It was so... Yeah, that was one of my favorite lines of the episode. You burnt Elena. (laughs) And, I mean, it really is the same old drama. Matt just doesn't actually know what that means. I mean, I guess he kind of does now. Oh, but that's a good point. It works both ways. Like, it works knowing what's going on and not knowing what's going on. Just vampire bullshit, you know, the huge. And so then we see Bonnie, like, striding down the hallway like a badass. And she walks into the cafeteria where our Lar Klaus is sitting there, like, twirling a knife. And he's like, what took you so long? And she immediately uses her mind to break his hand. Oh, it's so good. And he's like, Bonnie, we could do this the easy way or the hard way. That's the noise he makes when his hand is broken. And he's like, I can see it's going to be the hard way. Is this all you got? And he tempted Bonnie. Yeah. Because his plan, I forget. I think he told it to Manwich or Catherine earlier, is that he just needs to taunt Bonnie into using... all of her power and burning herself out. Right. So he is just planning to antagonize her until she accidentally dies. So he doesn't really try to attack her at all. He just kind of says sassy things while she breaks all of his bones. Yeah, and she's like, let's find out if that's all I got, which was really awesome. And then Stefan and Elena run up to the cafeteria and they're like, Bonnie, Bonnie. And she magically closes and locks the doors in their face. So, like, this whole time, Elena's pounding on the window <sighs> yeah, and the door, like, like, body, no. Oh, my God. It was fucked up because they had to, like, watch all of this happen in front of their own eyes. Yeah. And Bonnie starts, like, making wind happen in the cafeteria. <laughs> all the lights are exploding. All the vending. We get a lot of shots of the vending machines, like, shorting <laughs> out and, like, exploding sparks. Yeah. And I'm like, what's happening to the food on the inside? Is it okay? <laughs> Uh, and it like really escalates because she like breaks each of um, Klaus's limbs and he's like kind of crawling on the floor um, and she starts getting a bloody nose and it's just a trickle at first but as she continues to attack Klaus like it just gets worse and worse until it's just like streaming down her face yeah and then she like She's still standing, facing away from the door, but she, like, turns her torso to, like, give this, like, sad, longing look over at Elena, (laughs) and they make this, like, very prolonged eye contact, and then Bonnie just collapses, because her power is gone. Her powers. Her powers. Um, (laughs) Alara Klaus immediately pieces out, and the door is open, and Stefan and Elena run to her, and Elena's like, I can't find a pulse, I can't find a pulse. Give her blood. 
And Stefan says it's too late. She's dead. Okay, tell me why he can't give her blood. Is it a witch thing? Or has she been dead too long? Like, once they're actually dead, blood won't work. Like, they would have to have the blood while they were still alive. And, like, if it was a turning into vampire situation, the blood would have to be in their system before they died. Can a witch turn into a vampire? I think so. Okay. But I don't think that really... I'm interested. Comes up at this point. Relevant to my interests. <laughs> okay. Fair Which enough. Prior. Yeah, so Elena is just, like, freaking the fuck out. She's sobbing over Bonnie's body. Like, no, you have to do something. And Stefan's like, I'm sorry, she's dead. But he didn't even touch her. He didn't know that she was dead. You know? Like, Elena was like, there's no pulse. But yeah. she was also in a state of shock. Like, Stefan could have checked. Eh, I mean, as long as it's not Elena, why is he right, to I know. make any extra effort? <laughs> True. And then Damon strolls in, cool as a cucumber, and he's just like, Stefan, take Elena home. I'll deal with the body. And Elena's like, no, fuck you. How could you blah, blah, blah. And she doesn't want to get rid of the body. She wants to, like, maybe give a good burial and funeral to her best friend. I know. But Damon says, we can't let Sheriff Forbes find out about this. She'll get too suspicious. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be the one thing that tips her off. Like, there aren't any even any bite marks. I, yeah, she just has a bloody nose. Like, yeah. that could have been any like sort of like she had a stroke or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's very important that Sheriff Forbes doesn't find out about this one. Not that she probably would notice. <laughs> so Stefan drags Elena off and Damon takes Bonnie's body up and puts it in the trunk of his car. Why then, couldn't he have just put her in the back seat? I don't know. It was so Because Sheriff Forbes might have pulled him over and been like, what's with this body? True. <laughs> he probably would have just been like, she got tired. I'm giving her a ride home. And she would have been like, oh, okay, cool. See you later, Damon. Thanks for your service to this town. Well, I mean, except that she knows he's a vampire now. Oh, but right. But in other circumstances. <laughs> um, and Jeremy strolls up like the second <laughs> that Damon closes the trunk. And he's like, Elena, call me. What happened? Where is everybody? And Damon's like, we need to talk. But we cut away from that for a second. We do. And Elena is sitting in a straight back chair. Covered in this old Afghan blanket, mm-hmm. just straight up sobbing. She looks like an old woman in this scene. It's really sad. Yeah, she is distraught with a capital D. Yes. She's lost her best friend. She's just like tears streaming down her face. It was really sad. I actually might have choked up a little bit at this. Oh, yeah. And then Stefan is like walking in with a cup of tea and he's like, here, drink this. And she's like, no, I can't. And he's like, you have to. And I'm like, what's all the tea? You? Yeah, like, unless this is like fucking opium tea, get out. Yes. So she like tries to drink it, but she just like, I I honestly feel like this was really good acting in oh, this yeah. scene. Like she looked sad as fuck. Just like, it's my fault. Like, yeah. this never would have happened if it weren't for me. Like I should have stopped her, blah, blah, blah. She's very upset. Damon comes in and he's like, what up, party people? <laughs> he was. He was just like, hey. <laughs> and Elena gets up and she's like, what did you do with her? Ah! And Damon, Damon's being an asshole in this yeah. scene. Like, he's purposely like doing this in the douchiest way possible. But uh-huh. he's like, Stefan, make your girlfriend calm down. And she's like, I will not calm down. Don't talk about me like I'm not here. Uh-huh. And he's like, listen, Elena, you need to calm down. 
you need to like chill out and she slaps him really hard in the face yeah i think that there's like even a little red mark after yeah like she has been lifting because that seemed like a really powerful slap like if she was a vampire his head would have flown off but then he's like listen you have to listen to what i'm gonna tell you and then we kind of get a cutaway to jeremy over at the witch house where all the witches were burned (laughs) Yeah, and he's, like, performing a seance for Bonnie. So Bonnie's laying there, and there's a bunch of candles around. Um, And then she wakes up. And we have a voiceover of Damon talking at the same time. And Mm -hmm. he's like, you need to prepare for this. Bonnie had to die for Klaus to believe it. Yeah, like, Klaus needed to believe that Bonnie was dead, or else he wouldn't have stopped all his shenanigans. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. Um... (laughs) So needed to really believe that she was dead. This pissed me off. I'm not a fan of dream sequences in shows making making the viewer think that shit happens. I'm not a fan of fake deaths. I love fake deaths. Oh my god, it just makes me so mad because like I was prepared to live my life without Bonnie. Yeah. You know? And then they fucking tear me the other way. I just can't. I'm a fragile woman. Here are two things that will guarantee that I'll be into a movie or a TV show. (laughs) One, there's some kind of, like, dance or athletic team achieving their dreams. Like, a la Bring Um, It On. Yes. And two, a main character appears to have died and, like, their best friend or romantic partner or whatever is so distraught, but then they find out they're alive and it's so exciting. Like, that gets me so much every time. I love it. It's just too much for me. I feel like I've... I'm a very emotional person, so I feel like I've been taken advantage of when that happens. It's like, let him think she's dead for, like, five minutes and then just bring it back. Like, no, we cannot deal with this. That's an emotion that I can deal with. Because it's always so satisfying when you find out that they're alive and you're like, woo, you're so relieved and everybody else is so relieved and it's all emotional. I don't know. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. I just feel like it's a cheap trick. Maybe. Anyway, I loved it. Bonnie lives, which I'm happy about, but I feel like we didn't need her fake death. <laughs> well, it had to be believable for Klaus to leave them alone, which meant that... They could have at least told Elena and well, kept it from the viewer. I don't know. I don't know. So, Damon also mentions, like, Bonnie did a spell to make herself seem dead and not have a pulse. It's like some Juliet shit, like... Yeah. <laughs> the apothecary... Did a good job. That's the line, right? (laughs) (laughs) Good work. (laughs) The apothecary did a good job. William Shakespeare. (laughs) I love it. So, like, at some point it gets to be Stefan and Damon talking alone in the stairwell by the rug mounted on the wall. Yes. The old rug. Yeah. And Stefan was like, that was really fucked up what the hell and Damon's like listen like, Damon brings it here there's gonna be some fucked up shit and I'm gonna do it every time like you can be you know the nice boyfriend helping her with her feelings or whatever but I'm the one who's gonna save her life yeah it was intense also kind of true but also like that shit was crazy yeah Damon you know he loves Elena, obviously, and he makes this comment, like, even if it makes her hate me, like, I'm going to do that because I have to save her. You know what this scene made me think? 
why isn't Elena more awesome? Because like she <laughs> I know, has, right? like so many people just fucking falling over themselves to kill themselves to save her. Yeah. And like she's cute. She, I mean, a beautiful girl, cute, nice, yeah. gives great hugs, <laughs> not interesting, and has literally nothing to say at any time. Yeah. <sighs> like her whole deal is supposed to be that she's just like such a good, warm hearted person and such a loyal friend that everybody loves her so much. But in terms of like having a personality, there's not much there. No, we need some character development. Like we need just like one episode of like take note vampire diaries producers of Elena going through her life and just doing like an, a bunch of awesome shit. Like we need Does more Does she have any hobbies? No. Does she she used to anything? be a cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah, like great resume. Used to be a cheerleader. Awesome. Everybody loves you. All right. Sorry, I'm mean, going on a tangent now. I feel like that does feed into a certain thing uh, wherein male characters and males in real life. Sorry, we're starting wire men early. Um, there's this whole like trope of wanting the uncomplicated like just simple sweet pretty girl and Mm -hmm. like if somebody has a strong personality like that's not attractive to a man this reminds me of something you told me actually when we were first friends like you were i'm i don't remember who we were talking about but you were like yeah everybody just likes her because she has no personality (laughs) and she just allows herself to be reflected of what everyone else thinks that she should be Something along those lines. Wow, that sounds stone cold. <laughs> it was, but it was also true. I was like, whoa. You know, you are the reason that we are, me and Mike are married. Like, I trust Aww. your relationship. It's true. You're like, go make out with him. I was like, oh, yeah, good call. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm really drunk, so <laughs> we could probably cut this part out. No. But you did, you did say something along those lines. So Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. But I won't shame her on it. No, yeah. She's a lovely person. Yes. I'm just happy to see that, like, the shit that you say resurfacing, like, eight years later. It's it's good. I always think, like, for this thing, what I always think of is uh, my sister Rose, who's been on this podcast a couple times, getting into a big rant one time about how men all like Katy Perry and think she's so hot and great, even Uh though she's just this bland white woman with like nothing interesting about her whereas they should be really into rihanna who's like really cool really beautiful and like a badass and all this stuff but men would rather date katie perry than rihanna i don't know why those were the two people in question but i think it's a perfect example it's like oh like the hot lady who will you know sing about kissing a girl to give you a boner and has no personality. Yeah. Other I, than like, haha, I'm so hot and silly and I love boys. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's a great metaphor. Yeah. I'm stealing it. Thank Thanks, you, Rose. Rose. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Rose. So, yes, uh, that was a little bit of pre wiremen as to why they're all into Elena instead of, say, Bonnie. Who, or Caroline. I mean, I guess Jeremy's into Bonnie, but he doesn't count. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But everybody did kind of get into Caroline this year. Did they? Like, remember Tyler back when he was on this show? Yeah, but it was only because she was literally servicing him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. I don't know. We could talk about this for days. (laughs) It's like why I think that Catherine is a better choice than Elena, because she's interesting and dynamic. Even if she's evil. Anyway. 
Right. Anyway, so I think this is the part that you really wanted to rant about, that we go back to the basement where Jeremy is with Bonnie. <laughs> oh, good lord. All right. Fasten your seatbelts, people. So <laughs> Bonnie has just faked her own death. Jeremy has been worried for weeks that Bonnie was going to die because she was too weak to harness the power of a hundred dead witches. But luckily they are able to share this tender moment in the basement together. There's candles. It's dusty. Like it's very beautiful. But luckily Jeremy has brought a technological device that is about to shake up the 21st century. (laughs) So he pulls out a fucking personal wireless router. I'm not even fucking kidding. He's like, don't worry, buddy. I brought the MiFi. And she's like, what is it? He's like, oh, you expect us to live without internet down here? And he just plops down this router and he starts opening his laptop to FaceTime Elena. I swear to God, all of the things that I said are just true. Yeah, And there's like a prolonged close-up of the AT&T MiFi. <laughs> this was the most dramatic episode of this show to date. And they use it as an opportunity to plug MiFi. And it's like in the middle of this very like serious, emotional like yes. span of the episode where it's like, don't worry, Bonnie, we have the internet. Oh my god, I know. And she's like, what are you talking about? And his plan is he's going to stay with her in that house indefinitely because she has to pretend to be dead so she can't leave. And I'm like, they don't even have fucking writing water. Where are you going to go to the bathroom? Oh my god. Also, Can your magic like, flush a toilet? Was this before cell phone reception? And how would you have a wireless signal if you didn't have cell phone reception? Like, I... Well, that's the magic of MiFi. It's a personal Wi-Fi hotspot. What year was this? I'm going to research this. It's like 2011. I feel like they didn't have very advanced smartphones at this point. Yeah, you're right. I didn't get an iPhone until like five years ago. (laughs) Uh, (sighs) Yeah, I didn't get my first smartphone until like 2014, so I have no idea. But yes, they now have the internet. (laughs) Bonnie's kind of like... We're talking about this. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. Please continue. (laughs) Uh, Bonnie is a little bit like... Jeremy, what are you doing with this computer? Can we, like, have this conversation? But then he turns it around, and it's Elena's face. They're Skyping. And this is really sweet. Like, yeah. Bonnie just starts weeping immediately. It's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't have time to tell you. But Elena's just like, I'm so happy. You're alive. And they're just crying and, like, loving each other. Yeah. I did like that moment. I wish it was in Thank God they had the MiFi. So we could experience the, this. The MiFi. Ugh. <sighs> I feel like the show could be timeless, except for when they date themselves with product placement. Yeah. Bing. Um, (laughs) So after that conversation, um, Damon and Elena have a moment where she's like, I understand why you did what you did. And like, I'm glad that we saved Bonnie. But she still is not on board with using Bonnie for this. She's like, we have to find another way. Like, I will not let Bonnie die for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she apologizes for slapping him, which I would like to coin a new phrase for that. It's a slapology. <laughs> I love it. Writing it down so I don't forget it. I'm very surprised that they never used that on How I Met Your Mother during any of the slap bets. Right? I should have written for How I Met Your Mother is what I'm saying. You should have. <laughs> so then it gets like super real. And Damon's like, listen, like, I'm glad that Bonnie didn't die. And, you know, I'm not 
hoping for that to happen. But if it comes down to you or her, I'm gonna, she can die. I don't care. I will always choose you. And then he, like, intensely gazes at her for a long time, and she's very uncomfortable. Yes. And she's like, okay, good night, Damon. Society is tricking me into thinking this is sweet. Yeah. And I think this takes place in Damon's bedroom. It does, because there's that creepy bedpost in the whole scene. And what I noticed the most about Damon's bedroom that I've never noticed before is that in the background, there's a painting of a man in a top hat. <laughs> and like, is it the tomb vampire? <laughs> what? Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I was distracted by the creepy bedpost. Yeah. Who has a painting of a man in a top hat in their bedroom? That's weird. It is. I feel like it's weird even by 1864 standards. Probably. <laughs> oh god. So... We have one more scene in the episode where Elena leaves Damon's bedroom and she creeps down to the basement and there's a bunch of sketchy music playing, which made me think that, is this Catherine? But Claire was like, no. Um, So Elena creeps down to the basement. And we're just like, no. (laughs) Shut up, Beth. (laughs) Where, Where Elijah is, you know, half dead with that ashy dagger stuck in his shoulder heart uh, heart <laughs> and elena pulls it out she sure does yes. she's taking things into her own hands she pulls out the dagger and sits down to wait for him to wake up from his nap so what i think is that elijah is the only match for klaus and she wants to trick elijah into helping her defeat him mm-hmm. that's the only thing i can think of yeah well she's looking for another way to handle it that doesn't involve bonnie dying Right. So, you know, there's always the plan of letting herself get sacrificed. Like, that's always on the back burner. But maybe Elijah will be able to help them. Because he at least, like, knows shit about Klaus. Uh-huh. So. Wow. The next episode is called Klaus. <sighs> Do we see Klaus's real body? You I... can either say yes or no. Yes. Okay. Is he 74? I'm not going to say. <laughs> Damn it. You got to okay. wait. Fine. <laughs> so I was very excited when she removed the dagger I think I've mentioned before that when I was originally watching this, any episode between when they stabbed Elijah the first time and now I would just yell, bring back Elijah every few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So when she removed the dagger, like regardless of any plot implications, I was like, yes, Daniel Gillies, get to her face on my screen. So yes, I'm very excited. Elijah will be back with us at least for an episode. We'll Hooray. see how long it lasts. Um, yeah, that's the episode. I love this one. Yeah, this was... I know I... I feel like I say this a lot, but I think this might have actually been the best episode because we were watching it, and at the end we were like, was that two minutes long? Yeah, it flew by. It did. I feel like our recap flew by. Normally we end about now, but we haven't even done our segments yet. Yeah. There was just so much to cover. So many emotions. And so many side stories. And, like, I knew, obviously, that Bonnie wasn't actually dead. But every time I watch the scene of her, like, looking back at Elena and falling over, I cry. Yeah. It's so emotional. When she was... For some reason, like, that didn't bother me as much as when Elena was, like, in the chair. Mm. And we just, like, saw her alone in her grief. Oh, my God. It was so sad. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was just, like, all the flashing lights and sparks flying off the vending machines. <laughs> Yeah. It was just so intense, and I'm like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Those no-name brand vending machines really got their yeah. moment in the spotlight. I wonder if they were full of Let's potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> 
Probably. And yeah. cola. Cola. If it was not a high school, I would say Heisler. <laughs> but anyway, a great episode full of lots of action. We get to like experience Klaus for the first time in his sassy personality. Yes. We don't know what's going to happen to Alaric. He, he zoomed out of there. He did. We uh, don't know. Does he have healing powers because Klaus was possessing him? He seemed to like pop his bones back into place, but... Was he wearing his ring? I don't know. Didn't he give it to Uncle John Gilbert? Did I can't keep track of this shit. I think he did. All yeah, I think Uncle John has that around. ring right now. Alright. Well, that's fucking stupid. You're right. He did. Well, we hope Alaric is alive. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Also, shout out to Alaric for being also a good actor. Yeah. He seemed to really be enjoying playing <laughs> Alar Klaus. He was delighted. Like, yeah. every scene where anything was happening where everybody else is freaking out, there was just all these shots of Alaric Klaus, like, cackling. Yes. And just not even trying to hide how much he was into it. I know. He, would, like, just had this, like... His eyes, like, went dark, but also were joyful. It was, like, very intense. Yeah. <sighs> so, only four episodes left to go this season. There's wow. so much that's going to happen. This was, like, one of the main episodes I was looking forward to, because it gets me every time. Uh, always good when there's a decade dance. Yes. You can't stop the magic of a decade dance. I wish that we had decade dances to go to as adults. That would be fun. I know it would. But alas, one thing that we will always have is the desire to punch people. Who you want to punch, Beth? All right. So in my situation, I don't want to punch a person so much as I want to punch a construct. Ooh. I would like to punch product placement. (laughs) You want to punch the MiFi? (laughs) I want to punch the fucking MiFi. It ruined the whole whole episode and the cops are coming to arrest you yeah. for punching my five. Oh my god okay first of all like five years later whatever it's not a thing yeah everyone has the internet on their phone without carrying on this clunky ass device also if your partner was about to die or you thought they were about to die for the past two weeks is the first thing you would pull out my five <laughs> no Oh, I'm like tearing up at how mad I am about this. <laughs> so that's who I would like to punch. All right. Who would you like to punch? I mean, I have to go with the obvious, Klaus. Okay. I thought you were going to say Sheriff Forbes. Well, I mean, Sheriff Forbes was kind of sympathetic in, yeah. in that she's like really upset and like not immediately killing Caroline. Right. So I'll let that go. Even Matt is like at least not being as much of an asshole as Caroline as you would expect in this situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you can tell that he's faking it because he's being nice to her. <laughs> right, that's like the red flag. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, nice. he hasn't uh, called her over dramatic this episode? What's going on? And that's why she's so happy. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Caroline. Please continue. So yeah, I mean, just Klaus is an asshole who's fucking shit up. He wants to kill Bonnie, which is not cool. Uh, he wants to kill everybody. And he's using Alaric's body, which is fucked up. Like... Where is Alaric right now? Is it like, get out? Is he in the sunken place? Oh, God. Probably. Crossover. Like, imagine if somebody just possessed your body and ran around town fucking shit up. Yeah, where is Elijah? Alaric. Or Alaric. (laughs) Oh, my God. We know where Elijah is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I enjoy Klaus in this episode, but like within the realm of the show, I want to punch him. Right. Because I he agree. Is a murderous fiend. So that's pretty succinct. <laughs> <laughs> Why are men? We already talked about it a little bit. We already did talk about it a little bit. Um, and I feel like there's also the same old thing that we say every week about Jeremy Gilbert. Yes. Telling there, Bonnie she's not good enough. Absolutely. There's that. There's Damon keeping secrets from Elena for presumably her own well-being. Yeah. But like when you think that something horrible or death has happened to your loved ones, like that is not a thing that's like easily taken away. The fact that Damon wanted to like lord over this emotional manipulation, which is exactly what that was, um is really disturbing to me and I think that it's something that men who are manipulative would use mm-hmm. to their benefit. Yeah. And he, the way that he did, handled things with Elena this episode also was really paternalistic. It's like, sweetie, calm down so I can explain these grown up things to you. Right. Like, all of it was very much like, I am old and have all the knowledge, which I mean, he is a lot older than her. Yeah. Like, even before he died, he was a lot older than her. But yeah, it's. Like, patting her on the head, like, let me tell you when I think you're ready, like, what's actually going on. And I'm going to make all these decisions for your well-being. And, like, it was a really good plan and it worked. Mm -hmm. It's a shame that Elena had to go through all this turmoil and that Damon didn't immediately come running into the house. Like, Bonnie's okay, let me explain. He had to first be, like, letting her slap him and grieve yeah, like calm down, Stefan. Get your girlfriend under control. Like, yeah, it was like a whole thing, and it didn't need to be. Yeah, and like that's not how you treat the people that you care about. No, I mean on a scale of Damon things, like at least he wasn't murdering anybody. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was not pleasant. Well, Claire, I think that brings me to our next question of who should have done it. One hundred percent, no hesitation. Bonnie and Elena. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, there was a lot of emotion there. Like, the cute scene where they were making, like, an eye conversation about the dance. It was Uh almost like she was asking her to the dance in the way that it was filmed. Yeah. And that they wore matching outfits, that they both, like, were telling each other they would die for each other. It it was, you know, they're best friends. I know Uh that they're not romantic. And usually, like, I'm not going to try to bend it into a shift for them. But it just felt like they had this really intense bond that you don't always see. Like, it's always said that Bonnie and Elena are best friends, but you never really believe it. Right. But I I believed it in this episode, and I was like, what if they just left all the men behind and just made a life for themselves? Absolutely. They would both be so much better for it. They would, and they wouldn't have to deal with the Salvatore's bullshit. Yeah. What about you? I think Catherine and Manwich should have done it. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. They are both alone in Alaric's weird-ass apartment. Yeah. Catherine was tasked with stabbing herself a whole bunch, which has to be disturbing for Alex, a.k.a. Manwich, to see. Yeah. Um, And I feel like they could have used it as an opportunity to support and also pleasure one another. And... I think as we established in a recent episode, Catherine is super horny. Oh, yeah. She hasn't gotten laid since Uncle Mason, I don't think. So she could really use, like, a sexual distraction right now. Amen. And also, 
I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> oh. Do you think Manwich is sexy? No, I don't think Manwich is sexy because mostly I thought his name was M-A-N-W-I-C-H. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking that it could at least distract Catherine from the pain of having to stab herself. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. <sighs> All right. So... We are very much looking forward to seeing what's happening with Elijah next week. Wondering what the slumber party in the creepy basement is going to be like for Bonnie and Jeremy. If Can you imagine him? being stuck in a witch house with no electricity with Jeremy Gilbert 24-7? No. I would rather die. I would be like, I wish Klaus took me out when he had the chance. <laughs> oh my god. Any predictions? Oh my god. I'm overwhelmed by all of the actions of this episode. I'm also a little drunk, so no. <laughs> okay. Oh, except that Klaus is secretly really old. Oh yeah, I think that Klaus is secretly really old. I think that Aunt Jenna is like on a bender. Those are my two predictions. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board with Jenna being on a bender. Like, I don't know if they ever say one way or another, but I 100% believe it. Yeah, she's like... She's not working on her thesis. I'm working on my thesis, a.k.a. working on drinking whiskeys at the bar. And smoking some J's. Smoking some J's out by the seesaw. (laughs) All right, well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on social media. You can mystic follow us on Twitter at The VD Diaries. Find us on Facebook, searching The Vampire Diaries Diaries. You could also find us on Instagram. Um, We'll have that awesome video that we mentioned earlier in the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Our handle is at the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. We've actually got a decent amount of Instagram followers in the past week, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of cool to see. I don't know why, but... We'll try to give you guys some more content. Yeah. And very exciting. Uh, We've been saying for weeks now that we have a special prize for the first person to review us in 2018. And we have a winner. Oh my god, we do? Show me. Yes, our first review in 2018 comes courtesy of Tara Turley, who had some very kind things to say. We love you, Tara. Yeah. You are our first reviewer of 2018, and therefore you win the fabulous prize of a personalized poem, which we're now going to read to you in our best British accents. In unison. Get ready. There once was this gal, Tara Chorley, who reviewed our work so maturely. Her kind words and kind heart do set her apart from the Max and the Tylers and Jeremy's. Yay, Tara. Thank you. We really appreciate the review. That was meant a lot to us in 2018 it sure did and thank you to everybody who has ever listened to this podcast whether you loved it or hated it you validate us just by paying attention absolutely and on that note we will see you next week hopefully nobody will have infiltrated our bodies at that point but if they have you'll know because we'll say nice things about men whoop whoop